gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. It is episode 135 of For Future Considerations. We'll call this one the recovery episode. <laughs> My name is Matt. Manny and John are here as well. We have lived through the weekend. I have never seen somebody eat so much pizza and drink so much <laughs> seltzers in my life and that was my saturday afternoon john how are you feeling still uh it's been a couple of days of recovery i'll tell you that oh you know what i forgot to mention this to you guys before we started recording guess who slept through his alarm by 42 minutes (laughs) nice job i got to work uh, eight minutes late so not too bad that's okay. Were you doing the Mr. Bean getting dressed and brushing your teeth behind the wheel uh, all the way to work? Yeah, that's right. You had your pants on like a shirt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It must have felt weird to put clothes back on, eh, John? Because, I mean, 48 hours. You thought you were at uh, some sort of a, a colony. Hey, when you look this good without a shirt and shorts on, I mean, come on. Oh, come on. You're really just doing the rest of us a favor is what you're doing. (laughs) That's right. Here's what you've been missing during the pandemic, guys. (laughs) I'm still cleaning up from the weekend. I got pizza boxes everywhere. There's 50 cans. 35 of them are seltzers. (laughs) And there's an empty two liter bottle of 50 proof suntan lotion. I assume that's yours, Rashad. (laughs) <laughs> no sunburn here. <laughs> oh my goodness! I've never seen a guy put on suntan lotion as much as you have. It's a little different story than the day after when uh, when the boys in the Hangover woke up and there was a tiger in the back. <laughs> we're, we're talking about empty suntan lotion bottles. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Boys, I'm tired. It's like three days after the weekend, and I'm still it's, feeling it. It I'm takes tired. a while. It takes a while. Yep. Yep. But yeah. what a weekend. Great to see you down here. John, you got to come back Definitely. after that epic weekend. Yeah, you that were. That doesn't make you want to come back. Absolutely. You're a great host, Manny. We did uh, Windsor Pizza, a whole bunch of, uh, I guess, six different places, which was pretty life-changing for me. For anyone who's never had Windsor Pizza before, they shred the pepperoni, so they put it all over the entire pizza. So every bite tastes like pepperoni. You don't have a circle of pepperoni and then a bite of cheese. Like It's wall-to-wall pepperoni, and it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. We can spill the beans here. We've got a number of listeners in the Windsor area, Windsor-Essex. They will want to know what's your favorite, and we can hit them up for sponsorship afterwards. Yeah. So (laughs) what's your favorite, John? Uh, Was it? Hang on. I'm trying to remember now. It started with an A. Hang on. Armando's was yours, Armando's, yes. Yes, it was Armando's. Okay. So we had Armando's, Antonino's, Slice of Pie, Capri, Naples, and Cheese Wheels. Yes. For the the final six that made the final six. And you know what I say? Like first to sixth is very close. Like there is a lot of really good pizza in Windsor. That's what we've been telling you. <laughs> we've been trying to get you down here since 1997. <laughs> Finally, it comes to fruition. And yeah. beer beer roulette somehow, some way. Half the cooler was full of seltzers and not beer. Yeah, that one sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd never had a seltzer before this weekend, and I had four of them in a row, I think. And now that's all you drink. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, and actually, I got to tell you, right now I am drinking something a little different. Nitrogen-infused Pepsi. So uh, Manny's wife and my wife went to Target in the States while we were home uh, uh-huh. on uh, one of the days. And they saw this and they were like, oh, John would like this. And it's uh, it's interesting. It's uh, way less bubbles than regular pop. And it's really okay. smooth. 
So sure. does it does it make you speak faster or like drink faster? <laughs> it's like nitro. Like what's the nitro part of it? You are kind of lifting off of the chair as we see you through the camera here. <laughs> and I got to tell you, when I opened the can, it had a different sound than it does when it's air in there. It had like a nitrogen sound. It was very strange, actually. <laughs> so I I think you're being poisoned. <laughs> I, think, I think your your wife and Manny's wife had. <laughs> Had a plan that they concocted at Target about how to get somebody out of the picture. Here's the plan, guys. Here's the plan. Feed them with a bunch of pizza. Don't give them any beer. Give them seltzer. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. This can of Raid comes in the same size as something we could call Pepsi Nitro. (laughs) Oh, man. But it, it was a fantastic weekend. And we apologize to all the people in Forest Glade who might have heard the extra <laughs> loud fellas. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we also uh, hope that uh, all our friends had a great weekend celebrating Canada Day and the U.S. Independence Day as well, including our good friend Curtis at yes. Racing Dudes. Does he still want to move, by the way? He does. And and I said we were going to call him on uh, on Saturday, and we didn't. And and. Uh, we missed uh, an opportunity there for the, like, bring Curtis to Windsor campaign is still alive and strong. He was asking what we do for Canada Day, kind of explained it. He he made, he had a few very interesting comments about things he'd be doing on the holiday. <laughs> but he's our guy. He, we, need, we need to get him here. We need to get him and his lovely family into Windsor. So if you... Uh, if we set up some sort of a, what do they call that? Uh, where you can just donate money for no reason on the internet. We set up a GoFundMe. We'll set up a GoFundMe and get uh, get Curtis down here. Is that to pay for the movers or the house? I don't know. I don't know. But All he, of the above. He hammered the money line on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, Montreal game on Saturday. or uh, And that uh, he ended up going on the under on that one, I think. And uh, he would have lost that. Um, and, uh, we, oh yeah, we made some comments about the CFL, um, Ron Jeremy came into the conversation somehow. Wow. So yeah, it was, uh, again, get him here and, and we'll just get more of that guys. I was in no way to talk to him on the phone. So <laughs> you weren't, I was in no shape. Whatsoever. You were, you were trying to keep your head above water and guessing songs <laughs> as your daughter was kicking your ass. Oh, was she ever? <laughs> Was she ever? And my wife said to me at one point uh, about uh, the number of drinks that I'd had. She uh, nudged me and goes, "Um, it's a little much. (laughs) That was at 6.15. Yeah. What did she say uh, seven hours after? (laughs) Oh, man. Great weekend. Well, John, you'll have to come back because you'll be part of the welcoming party for Curtis when he does come to Windsor. Sound good? Absolutely. Oh, and I have to say, too, it was nice to finally meet Kiefer, friend of yes. the show. Oh, yes. Yes. A good friend of the podcast, He's Kiefer. the guy that brought the seltzers. Yes. What a nice guy. Like, really nice guy. So if either of you two ever sort of, you know, slip or anything, I can easily replace either one of you with Kiefer. And we won't miss a beat. Sure. All right. Well, this is our only show of the week. We don't have OT this week. <laughs> Plenty to talk about in this episode. Let's not waste any more time. Right, because we have to go to the bathroom soon because we drank all the seltzers (laughs) that Kiefer brought. (laughs) We don't have a lot of time here. It was nice of Kiefer's girlfriend to come too and bring him an extra dress. Yes. So that was nice. It was amazing. A change of clothes. I haven't heard how the the Machine Gun Kelly concert was. I I heard literally nothing about it, which I expected. So it must have been pretty good. (laughs) All right, then. So we'll dive into it, right? (laughs) We're actually going to talk uh, baseball after Commissioner Rob Manfred did a series of interviews with ESPN. The commission said he would love to expand to 32 teams. What do you guys think of baseball expansion and where would a new team locate? I don't know that we need expansion. Some of these teams need to figure out what's going on. I mean, we always talk about Oakland. Uh, They're desperate for a new stadium, and they would be one that would certainly be a relocation option as opposed to expansion. Uh, Tampa Bay has long history of of mediocrity when it comes to the crowd and the stadium and the possibility of a relocation there. I think the focus is on the wrong thing. I, I think you've got to find a way to get – these teams that you already have into more viable positions and more viable markets 
markets than adding more teams. I mean, where do you want them to go? I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see Montreal, of course. Um, I think Nashville would be a, a pretty cool town. I would only assume Vegas is going to be uh, next on the list. But I, I don't think expansion is what baseball needs to worry about right now. Yeah, but I, and I don't think we'll see expansion for at least 10 years. Like It's fair. Because you mentioned it, Oakland needs to find a place. They Their future needs to be mm-hmm. decided upon before we even talking about expansion into a new market. Completely. Same thing goes for Tampa Bay. Like our this, we're building a new stadium. We're not building a new stadium. We're going to play half our home games in Montreal yep. and half our games in Tampa Bay. Like enough's enough. Let's figure this out. Be f- be fair to the players, be fair to the fans in their respective markets. Yeah. So once you decide where Tampa Bay and Oakland will go, then I think we'll see expansion. And I like Nashville. I like um, I like Montreal, obviously. I like Vegas, Yeah. right? Vegas has got to be included in there because now all the other major pro For sports sure. teams- It's only a matter of time there. Are going in there. So um, a lot of people have mentioned Portland, Oregon. Could be a baseball okay. market in the future, but that would be four or five on my list after those other yeah, places. Yeah. But I don't think we'll see expansion for at least 10 years, John. Yeah, I agree. And then um, I, I would like to see Oakland stay there, though, because I think about what Winnipeg went through when the Jets left, and Oakland has gone through some hard times. And I think taking the A's out of that city is just one more blow to a city that really doesn't need it. Um, I agree, and I like the stadium plan, and I think it, it looks really good. I, I think there's some some positive energy behind it. Um, I just think there's not a lot of confidence in there as well. Uh, just look at the average attendance numbers from no i'm looking at the 2022 numbers at this point so they may be a little bit skewed of course but like oakland is last at attendance at uh, average of 8300 people i mean there's junior hockey games that draw more than that on a regular basis miami is at 11,500 tampa is just under 14,000 pittsburgh's just under 14,000 like there's a lot more of figuring out where the teams you have right now fit than, hey, let's just add some more ingredients. And that Oakland ballpark is a dump. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. They it's need terrible. a new ballpark. Yeah. And if it's not in Oakland, move them somewhere else. What do you guys think of, I saw on one list, Mexico City to bring one out of left field. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, I, I, I actually do. But I, I, for a move, like would Oakland right. move to Mexico City? Yeah. I think somehow the league still wants to get into Vegas, like all the other yeah. pro sports leagues. Yep. So uh, Mexico City could be on the list as a number two or a number three if they don't want to go back to Montreal. But I still think they need to figure out what to do with those two franchises. The commissioner also talked about the automated strike zone being introduced in 2024. What do you guys think of that? It's about time. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Come on. They're talking about, I heard 2024, 2025. How about we just make it 2023 and let's <laughs> not wait around for this. I used to be against the automated strike zone, but this season, is it worse than ever or is it my imagination? It's worse than ever, John. <laughs> like imagine having a conversation, imagine being in, you know, the, the head of umpiring or, or somebody like that. That has to go to these guys, like guys, like they want, like Major League Baseball wants to replace us. Maybe we don't go out there and have the absolute worst statistical season on average in Major League Baseball history from from what I've seen since they started tracking umpires. It's it's terrible. Uh, there's a couple of Twitter feeds that I follow, and it's literally every single day they're posting. Here's strike one, nearly hits the guy in the opposite batter's box. You know they're they're not even close. And and yes, it's one call out of a uh, 200 pitches or something like that that's get thrown. But a lot of times it's not. It's a lot of times it's 10, 15, 20 sometimes uh, of these pitches that are clear, and when you put the graphic on the TV and the people at home can see if that's a ball or a strike and the little circle doesn't fill in and they call it a strike, I mean, you're showing everyone that the technology is there and that it works, except for the people who are not doing a very good job 
of preventing the computers from taking their jobs. So I'm glad you mentioned the social media feeds because I was going to touch on that. Umpire Auditor and Ump Scorecards are mm-hmm. great follows on Twitter. Absol- absolutely amazing follows on Twitter. Yeah, they're they're exactly the the ump scorecard is great, and it shows you their percentage. And yeah, I mean, you know, you look at a game and a, a good game or a bad game is, I guess, ninety four percent or ninety three percent or something like that. But again, when when you have the capability and you actually use it in your broadcasts, but not in the live game, where that's where it that's where it matters. It's it's completely unnecessary. So. It's a great topic because it sounds like it's coming, and the umpires are still going to be there. It's just the uh, the robot's going to tell them what the pitch is, yes. and they'll call it on the field, right? So the umpires will still have a job. Now, there's one wrinkle that they're trying in low A ball, which is the challenge, that a player can challenge Oh no! whether it's a ball or a strike. And what they do is what John loves to see in tennis. When a player challenges the ball, the replay goes up on the big screen. They show the pitch and the framing. The fans get into it, start clapping. Yeah, okay. And then the call is either reversed, overturned, or it's upheld. Okay. I don't mind that, but as long as it's done... What is it in four second windows were shot that they do that in tennis? Yeah, yeah, it's it's usually four seconds or less. It doesn't doesn't take a lot of time, and it gets the fans excited in those four seconds. So now you're introducing something that the fans can get into. Yeah. It's new. Yeah, you can get the call right if you want. I just wonder how many challenges somebody would get. Oh, even if we're getting a one at an at bat, it's starting to get a little too much for me. But I don't. I don't what are we? Ch- we're challenging the computer well, to then recomputerize itself. So, so I guess it's for example the twelve six curveball. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know where it starts really high and then yes, whether it comes into the zone or, or comes out of the yeah. zone, it'd be for pitches like that. Okay. Okay. So it's not every single pitch, right? Because yeah. the majority of pitches are fast. For sure. For right? sure. It can't be. But uh, one and at bat, I'm. I'm starting to get a little irritated just thinking about. It's going to sound like the bathroom at uh, 2.30 in the morning in Manny's basement. He liked that one. (laughs) I hit a little close to home there, Matt. What a weekend, boys. What a weekend. <laughs> this Maritime Memorial Cup dream is a reality. St. John are Memorial Cup champions in 2022. That was the call on TSN as the St. John Sea Dogs won the 2022 Memorial Cup. It's the second time in five years that the host team has won the national championship after being eliminated in the first round of their league playoffs. It happened with the Spitfires in 2017, and now there's talk about changing the rules. What do you think makes sense? Well, there's two different uh, opinions that I've seen out there with regards to changing the rules. One is... The host team has to make it a certain distance in their own league playoff to be able to continue as hosts. There's too many obstacles I see for that because for months on end before, you've been selling tickets for the championship to be in St. John, for Mm -hmm. example, and all of a sudden you're going to change? To your fans, too. That's not right. No. However, the other one makes a little bit more sense to me, and there is some talk about um, the window being two weeks, 10 to 14 days after the last league championship, if it's the OHL, it's the OHL, that the tournament doesn't begin until 10 to 14 days later to give not only the OHL champion, but the Q champion and the dub champion some time to rest up. Mm-hmm. Because what we've seen now is twice in the last five years, teams with a 40 to 44 day layoff They're fresh as a daisy Mm -hmm. and they can win the championship where all these other teams are beat up and have injuries and are run out of gas. I don't mind that idea, guys, as far as waiting two weeks to begin the Memorial Cup. John? 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think two weeks is a nice layoff for the teams that have finished later. And then that earlier team, it might become a disadvantage because you might start to get a little bit rusty too. So if you were knocked out early, you would still have a little bit of a disadvantage. And I think that's a good way to go. It does bother me that that those teams get that rest for sure. I mean, we're we're looking at, you know, the national championship of junior hockey and one of the teams and yes, it's only, you know, it's twice in 5 years now, so it's enough. Um in those 2 years, one of those teams did not make the the elite 8 of their of their league. Um then losing the first round. And like you said, they, they come in well-rested. They get to practice. They get to work on things. They get to watch all these other teams as they play and as they get closer and closer. I think there's a massive advantage to that. Um, I'm okay with the idea of, of the layoff and extending it. I, I wouldn't want it to be too long in fear of losing some of the excitement around it. Um, I find with – and I, the only thing I can compare this to is college football where the bowls are – like a month and a half, two months sometimes after their last game. And for a lot of these guys that are seniors and stuff, like they're, they're waiting two months to then just play their last game ever. So that, uh, that's always been a, a, an odd one for me. So I wouldn't want it to be too long. For me, I would like to see, and, and I don't know how you grade this or where you, where you put the mark on it or not, conference finals to me should be the minimum expectation of these host teams. And if they don't get into the conference finals, they, uh, they're automatically handed a loss in the round robin. Or there's, there's an extra challenge they have to meet in the round robin to somewhat make it a little more even that they've been sitting at home for for three weeks and everybody else has been working their bag off to win a league championship. You're the only one that doesn't have a league championship. You don't get to come into the tournament even with everybody else. Oh, that's, that's not a bad idea. Actually, (laughs) maybe they have to win twice in the semifinals or something like that instead of just one. And I don't know how you do it because there's four teams, you you know, that now it screws up the schedule. If you give them an extra win or an extra loss and you're not going to give somebody else a buy or anything, but there's, there's gotta be some sort of a penalty that, that plays into it because the expectation of, of the Memorial cup and, and why it's so great is that it's literally the, the four or should be the four best teams in all of Canada playing in a week long tournament, essentially to, you know, just to crown the best team in the country, not, the three champions and the team that got in because that's where the games are. Yeah. So they just changed the rules this year too, with regards to points, right? Um, Usually Mm -hmm. there was a tiebreaker game. Now they did a point system, Mm -hmm. Uh, three points for a win, uh, two points for an overtime win, something like that. Uh, I'm surprised though, that nobody has said there's a disadvantage. If you, shouldn't there be rust after being off for 40 days? Like, shouldn't the league champion have a little bit of momentum that they've sort of been playing this whole time? Mm-hmm. At least that was the old train of thought, For right? sure, for sure. But it doesn't seem relevant anymore. No, it doesn't. And that's probably just the frequency of these two things happening in, in five years. I think it's worth looking into, for sure. Um, I've always been a proponent of you move these big tournaments around to different places and it doesn't really matter if their team is in it or not. I still think there's a draw to that. Um, maybe not in junior hockey to an extent. Uh, you know, I don't think there's many people in St. John that went to see Edmonton play or, or went and saw Hamilton play. So yeah, for sure. There's, there's a hometown draw to it, but I, I definitely don't like the idea that the, the team that wins the Memorial cup is the only one that didn't, actually get a trophy to get there i'm actually surprised it's taken this long for someone to finally say that this needs to change because i can certainly remember um 99 i think it was when i worked in belleville and uh i was producing the um, belleville bulls broadcast and they um they won the ohl championship and then ottawa who they eliminated came back and won the Memorial Cup that year. And I remember a lot of people in that town were pretty unhappy about that. And that was 23 years ago. So it's interesting that it's taken this long for this to finally come up again. And I think it will in the future. Yeah. Like I, I think this will be an ongoing topic. And we're just at the forefront of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
We also have some hockey news from the NHL to debate. We posed this same type of question with the last round of coaching hires, so let's do it again. The Boston Bruins have hired Jim Montgomery. Rick Bonus is now the coach of the Winnipeg Jets. The Detroit Red Wings have hired Derek Lalonde as their new bench boss. And the Chicago Blackhawks have hired Luke Richardson as their new coach. So, curiously, there's one name missing there that I'm sure we'll get into. And also, which coach do you think will outlast the others in this group? No Barry Trotz, huh? Wild. Maybe he goes to San Jose. They have a coaching opening now. Well, ugh. Uh, he couldn't have anticipated that. I don't know if Barry Trotz is holding out for the San Jose job. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Man, uh, I, I, I love the idea. Winnipeg's where I'm from. Boston, right. original six means, but man, it'd be great if Bob Bugner got canned so that I could end up going out to San Jose. <laughs> hey, he, may, he might like California life. How do you not? I don't know. How do you not? It's sunny and oh, it's always sunny down there. He wants to go watch baseball in Oakland. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> The uh, I I think the answer to this question, John, is an easy one. Like I I think it's Derek Lalonde and the Detroit Red Wings. He may not have the most success out of that four, but I think he outlasts the others. Steve Eiserman's guy. Mm-hmm. Steve Eiserman's already proven he's patient with Jeff Blaschel, mm-hmm. who Red Wings fans like yourself, Matt, were, ca- were calling for his head. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other ones, I think the windows are very small. The Winnipeg Jets window is not that long. They've got to win within the next three years. Mm-hmm. Same with the Boston Bruins. They have to win within the next two years. Two years. And, you know, the wild card is Luke Richardson because <laughs> he still has Taves, but they're talking about trading Alex DeBrincat mm-hmm. and Patrick Kane now. So how much success will they have? Luke Richardson, will they be patient with him in Chicago? I I think it's Derek Lalonde because the arrow is pointing up at the franchise with Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond and some of the other prospects. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I watched his press conference, and I mean, he's a he's a kind of a goofy guy, but um, that's the, exactly it. Steve Eiserman has essentially hired him twice. Eiserman was on his way out of Tampa, or at least transitioning out of the GM spot when uh, when Lalonde brought, was brought in. Um, he's now the hired guy for sure. It was pretty clear. I think the writing was on the wall from the very beginning that that his name was going to be part of that conversation. According to to Lalonde in the press conference, the they lost on the Tuesday or whatever it was, and and he got an afternoon a text the next afternoon or lost on a Monday and. We got a text the next afternoon, want to chat, and Thursday morning he was being introduced as the Red Wings head coach. So that doesn't just happen <laughs> to, to fall into your lap. So I think they're going to be extremely patient with him, and I think he's an outstanding hire and, and super excited about that. Uh, like you said, Rick Bonus is getting up there too. Winnipeg's window is, is pretty small. Um, Jim Montgomery's going to be a wild card in Boston, and, and I don't know that there's going to be a ton that he – does to come in to try to turn this team around. I think it's just new blood, new energy. Uh, but then when the older guys start leaving, then that's when he would go as well. Uh, and I liked Luke Richardson. I liked the job that he did in Montreal. I still think he got hooped by the Canadians uh, out of that head coaching job. Um, it's the same kind of thing. is where the, a very young general manager in Chicago is, has picked a guy that is uh, inexperienced as far as a head coach or hasn't been an NHL head coach. I think you get some extra years out of that GM because that GM knows the second guy is the one that if that doesn't work out, then it's you. Mm-hmm. So the first one always gets the benefit of the doubt, and they're going to be clearly in a rebuild. So I think you get some extra years from that. So I'd, I'd probably go, if there was an order, I'd probably go Lalonde, Richardson, Bonus, and and uh, Jim Montgomery. I would agree. I probably would flip the last two, but I, I would tend to agree. <laughs> like I, I don't, And I don't think the odds are very good here. Like if, if we're on the betting, like we were on the uh-huh. betting apps as we were on the weekend, <laughs> I think – I think Lalonde is the hard favorite sure. to outlast the other. Yeah, guys. if you ask this question of who in five years is still the head coach of this team, I'm okay with saying the only one on that list is going to be Derek Lalonde. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest, I have goofball. Unbelievable. Oh my God. Oh, wow. 
Now it's time for our play of the week, and it's another tremendous catch in the world of baseball. Fly ball out to deep center. Davis back onto the track, reaching up, makes a catch in a full dive and then collides with the wall. He hangs on. Oh, what a catch by Jonathan Davis. Former Blue Jay Jonathan Davis dives head first into the fence to make an incredible catch for the Milwaukee Brewers. And that's our play of the week as voted on by you, our listeners. Outstanding. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings. Quality that shows. And as always, remember when you're Twittering around on Twitter, go to <laughs> podcast FFC or Facebook and on Facebook. Check it out as well for future considerations. Every Monday we post the plays of the week. You'll get the options. You'll get the videos. You just have to click on which one you liked better and share that with your friends. And then we will reveal that on the Wednesday episode. Twittering, huh? Yeah, that's what it's called, right? It's Twittering. Twittering on Twitter. And now there's a lot of uh, news in the NBA. Blockbuster trades, multiple signings, teams are spending like drunken sailors or like us on the weekend with our bets. And uh, (laughs) the spending is not over as Kevin Durant has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. The Toronto Raptors are listed in Vegas. That's the second most likely team to acquire KD. Only the Phoenix Suns have better odds. And we received a few questions about Toronto making a trade package for Durant. If you're the Raptors, are you making a deal for KD? I don't like him, and I don't like the way that he's <laughs> kind of carried himself in in his career. Uh, really, um, I again don't know much about him other than you know the fact that he's a tremendous player and, and one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen. Um, to me, he's a little too old, and he doesn't fit the mold of a of a winner. Um, straightforward, uh, you know, he's, and, and there was a great tweet that I saw, uh, Robin Lungberg, who's, uh, with SI now tweeted out just in comparison. And he leaves this for, for you to, to decipher however you want to decipher. It says, uh, LeBron never demanded a trade, finished all his contracts and won a title for every team he signed with. Um, not saying Kevin Durant is anywhere near LeBron James, but a lot of people, I think, in basketball circles would put him probably in the top 25 greatest players. Um, to me, the fact that he's now on his third requested trade, uh, the fact that he left one team to join the other team that won and then left that one when it didn't work out. Now he wants out of this other super team that he built. The guy just comes across to me as a loser. And and I wouldn't give up Scotty Barnes. I wouldn't give up the draft capital that you've collected for him. I think he's a guy that just needs to go to a place that He's got some some support. Uh, clearly, to me, doesn't seem like a guy that wants to be the man or put in the work to carry a team and then blame everybody around him when it doesn't work out. He's To me, he's a loser, so no. I agree with Matt. I think for too long in their history, the Toronto Raptors have been that team where guys don't want to come from the U.S. and don't want to play. And in the last couple of years, they've managed to turn that around. The last thing you need is a guy who comes in here and gets disgruntled after a season or two and starts demanding a trade. And I just think that that affects your team for years to come if that gets into everyone's psyche as a place that American players don't want to come up and play in Toronto. And so, no, absolutely, I would not touch him. Wow, we're all going to be in agreement here. Oh, it's because we just hung out. This, we're, we're all friends now. This is a surprise here. <laughs> like, I wish I could go the other way and make an argument, but I can't. Yeah. This guy's turning 34, right? He's already dealt with knee injuries and an Achilles injury. Yeah. Right? So you're not getting prime Durant, who I agree with you. He's one of the top scorers ever. In NBA history. Yep. But the package that they've said Toronto would need to trade to get Kevin Durant is not only Scotty Barnes or OG and Anobi and some other players, Mm -hmm. but you have to throw in five to seven first round picks. Sanity. Like you're basically ruining your franchise for the next <laughs> decade you if, are. if this doesn't work out. And oh, by the way, his salary cap hit is $40.9 million <laughs> a season. So it's not like you can rebuild quickly if it all falls apart. Right. Like these Toronto fans who are thinking this is Kawhi Leonard all over again and we're going to win. 
because we can get a superstar here and it's the only way we're going to be able to get a superstar here. Well, Kevin Durant has only won a championship in Golden State when he's had Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. Mm -hmm. He played with all-stars in Oklahoma City, remember? Westbrook, James Harden. Mm -hmm. MVPs. They were MVPs. Never won a thing. Mm -hmm. Played in Brooklyn with Kyrie. Never won a thing. And so now you're going to send him to Toronto, and who's he going to win with? Well, not Scotty Barnes yeah. if you're going to trade him. You're going to have to trade him all. Not OG if you're going <laughs> to trade him. Yep. Maybe Pascal's going to have to be traded. Like, I, I don't think this is a wise move for the Toronto Raptors, who have also built this aura amongst them of we're a family. We're a, um, you come into this franchise. We're the stable franchise in the NBA. Yep. We're all a big family. We're one big happy family. We're going to win. Yeah, we had to make a move for Kawhi, and we won a championship. But we had some great pieces around Kawhi to help us win. And by the way, they're still with the franchise. Fred yeah. Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. Exactly. This is not the same case. So if I'm a Raptors fan, I am not excited about the prospect of making a deal for Kevin Durant. And I would rather him get traded to Phoenix because he's on the other conference. Mm-hmm. And it paves the way for us to be more competitive in the East without having to deal with them in Brooklyn. Are you ready? And now it's time for rapid fire when we pose more questions, but the boys will deliver the answers in rapid succession. Our first question. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Our first question is from Mark in St. Paul, Minnesota. He wants to know what we thought of the LA Kings trading a first and a prospect for Kevin Fiala and signing him for a seven-year deal worth $7.8 million. We should really just call this segment Fire instead of <laughs> Rapid Fire. <laughs> you think about just it. Fire. <clears throat> just Fire. Um, I think it's a great deal. I love it for LA. Um, Kevin Fiala is, what, 25, 26. He's just become their best forward, uh, I think, um, or at least their best winger. Um, he was outstanding in, in Minnesota, uh, had a career year. It's a decent cap hit and I don't think you're giving up very much this is full cards two thumbs up uh, for the LA Kings I know his goals have gone up 33 this year but I don't like it oh here we go (laughs) that's a (laughs) lot of money 7.8 million a year for 7 years I don't like it Wow, that was the most rapid disagreement I've seen (laughs) on here so far you said rapid John you you emphasized it in the sentence (laughs) Good we're job. Just doing, we're just doing what we what you're telling us here. <laughs> we also received this question from Tim in the Ottawa Valley. He doesn't say what town in the Ottawa Valley, so I guess he's ashamed of where he's from. But he's a big Montreal Canadiens <laughs> fan. Well, he's not going to tell you if he's a Montreal Canadiens fan in the yeah. Ottawa oh, Valley. Good point. Here's t- <laughs> uh, people in Arn Prior. We got a question from Tim, who's from the place. It was <laughs> from 734 <laughs> Princess Drive <laughs> in Arm Prior. Yeah. <laughs> or Renfrew or wherever he won't be able to show his face anymore. <laughs> uh, with the NHL draft this week, he wants to know who the Habs should take first overall. And he wants to know if we think there will be any big blockbuster trades. I think we've said this before. We got we had this question before, but Let's. I'll say the same answer. Let's not overthink this. This is Shane Wright and Shane Wright every day. So I and I think that's what the Montreal Canadiens will do. I'll be shocked if they don't do it. However, the second part is interesting. Will we see any blockbuster trades? Like the NHL is not notorious for blockbusters mm-hmm. on draft day. It's true, but I think there will be some sort of rumbling there. Whether it's, um, you know, Arizona has three first-round picks. Mm -hmm. Maybe they package some to move up in the draft after they take number three. Maybe Montreal moves higher in the draft because they have 14 picks overall. Uh, Arizona's got Jacob Chikrin, who they may (laughs) deal this weekend. Um, New Jersey's talking about moving back in the draft. Yes. Will somebody move up to number two? So I say Shane Wright and yes to the blockbuster. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Shane Wright as well, uh, and I'm going to suggest the Vancouver Canucks are the team that I'm going to be watching that need to clear some space. 
JT Miller could be a guy that's on the move. New president or whatever Jim Rutherford is, new GM. Uh, I know they just traded or signed Brock Besser to a nice extension, but there's going to be guys like Connor Garland and Tanner Pearson that are going to possibly be available. Um, And uh, I think if they're, you know, it would take a, for me, a first round pick to get JT Miller uh, from in Vancouver needs to make some, uh, some cap space for sure. He could be a guy that, that gets them another pick in the first round and what I think is a pretty good first round. Um, So yeah, I think there's going to be some little pieces here nothing major, um, but I do expect to see at least one move where a team's either bundling a bunch of picks to move up or a team in the second round gets into the first uh, something like that. Some of those little, uh, those smaller kind of movements to jump up. Do you want JT Miller to get traded, John? Oh, I'm torn on that. I, I like him, but I would like to have some cap space freed up. So I'm really torn. On. I think I'd like to keep him. I'm sentimental. I like, I like him. Of course. Hurry up, John. It's rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, I know. Listen to me waffle back and forth three times on the question. Yeah, I'd like to keep him. I'd like to keep him. That's my final answer. <laughs> rapid (laughs) here's a social media question from gary in traverse city michigan he wanted to get our opinion on the tigers royals game that uh, the broadcast didn't have any commentators did you guys like it or what did you think i i didn't see much of it other than just kind of jumping into to hear it or i guess not hear it in in that sense um i always liked the commentary um for for the extra information that I would probably be sitting on baseball reference trying to find um, the, the announcers for the most part starting to get a little, little too much uh, of a, of a production with, with most, if not all Um, I didn't mind it for sure, but I I certainly felt like I was missing that quick insight more so than the, the announcer himself of, you know, when you've got a, a good color commentator who is a pitcher or a catcher that, is more insightful into the game as opposed to, oh, there's a long drive and it's a screwball. <laughs> and I apologize. And, uh, <laughs> and Nicholas Castellanos sends one into left field. And I don't know if I'm ever going to put this headset on again. <laughs> um, this is weird because, you know, we're broadcasters. Mm-hmm. So you would think that I would like the broadcaster portion of it. But I actually didn't mind it. Okay. I, I I liked it. Uh, would I like it on a regular basis? No, because I would be like you wanting to get some information and hoping the the commentators would actually bring value to the broadcast sure. that way. But once every blue moon, I wouldn't mind a game without commentators and just the sound of the ballpark yep. and the sound of the bat and the fans. Yep. I'm in. I'm in with that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, I liked that they had additional graphics, which helped somebody like me, because um, unlike you guys, and especially unlike Matt, who uh, who was catcher for uh, most of his childhood, like you tend to know what pitch is coming next. And I don't know that without a, co- a color commentator telling me, like, here, here he's going to likely throw this pitch. And I don't always know that. So I do appreciate a knowledgeable announcer telling me what's coming next. Did you just reference my childhood playing (laughs) skills? Yes, but when we watch baseball, you always are like, oh, breaking ball. And then that's always what they throw. So I appreciate your insight. Did you know what a breaking ball was at the age of seven? I I thought I was throwing a breaking ball, but it just wasn't making it to the the plate. That's what it was. (laughs) Just look at a break on that one. Nope, that just went right into the ground. Look, I can throw a screwball. No, you hit the mascot. How about this? I got a knuckleball. <laughs> no, you're just weak. <laughs> no, but I do like having an expert. Like I remember one time I was watching gymnastics <laughs> with a friend of mine who actually went to the All Ontario Championships when she was in high school. So her and I were watching gymnastics together. And so she really knew her stuff, right? She was like, oh, this person has got to do this on this vault. And then the person does it. You're like, okay, this is this is a lot more entertaining there when someone go. knows what they're talking about. So I like I like having the announcers. Okay, Rashad. 
And here's another social media question from Karen in Niagara Falls. She messaged us after we posted about the Joey Chestnut hot dog eating contest where he won eating 63 hot dogs in 10 minutes. And he also fought off a protester, too. Unbelievable. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, check out the video we posted at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram and, and also on Facebook. Karen wants to know how many we would be able to eat in 10 minutes. Well, there's only one of the three of us who would actually win, and it would be Rashad. Oh, yeah. Like, it wouldn't even, be even close. Yeah. I, <laughs> Manny tried to serve me a second burger on uh, on Sunday afternoon, and I was already sweating <laughs> from, the, from the one piece of pizza and the previous burger I had had. So uh, I'm good with three. Three in 10, in 10 minutes? minutes? And the protester is going to get a lot of airtime. <laughs> Like the only thing that would cripple Rashad is the time limit. Yeah. Because yes. he can eat, but he takes his time. He does. He takes yep. his time in everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Putting on suntan <laughs> lotion, drinking a beer, yep. drinking a seltzer. He enjoys life. Swimming on a floaty. Like tying a he, pair of shoes. <laughs> he takes his time at everything. He just he enjoys life. He's taking it all in. So yeah, I, I feel like Rashad could probably do five. In ten minutes? In ten minutes. But I don't think it would be an enjoyable five for him. Rashad, no. when are you coming back? Because this is our next contest. <laughs> Wednesday. Remember? <laughs> Crosby told him he'd come back Wednesday. He's, he's doing the show and then he's leaving. He'll, he'll be back tonight. Sorry. I think I could do five, but I still think I would lose to Rashad. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do a pizza eating contest one time, and I thought I'd be really good at it. But in order to get them down fast, you had to dunk the crust in water. Yep. And yep. that made it pretty gross for me. I don't know <laughs> if I could dunk a hot dog in water and then eat it. Yep. What about if we make rules? No <laughs> dunking allowed. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. We Just can how many shot. can you eat in 10 minutes? Okay. Okay, All I right. think we can do that. Fire up the Barbie. Let's Here go. we go. <laughs> Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And we have another pump it or dump it submission. This one comes from Jen in Winnipeg, Manitoba. You give me eyes, Willie girl. You give me Gaulish Jones. You turn me on as much as I turn on my radio. Let's take our time, walk the line. The song is called Like I Love Country Music by Kane Brown. So, boys, pump it or dump it? Country music. Oh, my. And I didn't under, didn't realize we had good fans in Winnipeg, Manitoba. We do. That's where my wow. wife is from originally. Jen's great. She's so too- she must be your wife's <laughs> friend then. Well, yeah, everybody in Winnipeg knows each other, right? Yeah. Don't you know Jen from Canada? <laughs> oh, yeah, Jen. That's what all the Americans were saying on the 4th of July. Oh, yeah, I know people in Canada. A country song. <laughs> you're you're going to say it. Who's going who's gonna to be man enough to say it? This is actually not bad. This song's great. <laughs> this song God. scratches me right where I itch. God, I hope I don't catch that. Was that in the water? Oh, in the pool? We've already drained it. Don't worry about it. After this weekend, we had to drain it. Actually, this isn't bad. It's so not bad at all. This will be what we'll be playing in the background during the hot dog eating contest the next time. <laughs> You come down. We'll pump this song for you, Rashad. Are you good with that? Do you like it? Yeah, I like the song too. Oh my God. We're all unanimous. Look at us. We're all hicks. (laughs) (laughs) Pass me some OV. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, my dog stole my truck. (laughs) (laughs) And my girlfriend. And my girlfriend. Oh, I'm going to cry about it now. (laughs) Country music's not like that. It's coming back. (laughs) But it is. (laughs) And that does it for another debate on Rapid Fire. Uh, Remember, this is our only show of the week. No OT this week. We're still recovering from the weekend. So go back and have a listen to some of our previous guests. 
after all, this is episode one thirty five. We had a we must have had a few good ones back there. There, there is kind of mid eighties. I want to say is when uh, we really found ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> And in the podcast episodes, too. (laughs) Well, one that's actually more relevant these days right now, after that article we reposted recently, Jaden Lindo. Yeah. Go check it out. Um, Great article um, that was posted in the Gazette in Pittsburgh and uh, was talking, in fact... uh, uh, the author of the article, the reporter. Did you get a? Because I saw that he, he, he reached out, which was awesome. And Matt Vensel, yeah, and mentioned the uh, uh, the episode too. So yeah, that's a great one. That was uh, that was a great one. Yeah, and and congratulations to Jaden and the Pittsburgh Penguins are doing great things mm-hmm. in the community in Pittsburgh. So uh, and we talked to Jaden about not only hockey but his community work, uh, his appearance on Soul on Ice, the movie, uh, which was fantastic. Um, and talking about the diversity in hockey and how we need more of it. Mm-hmm. See, there was one good episode. Yeah. In there. Go find the Jane Lindo one. <laughs> and if you have any uh, show or guest suggestions or questions for an upcoming debate, send us an email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. We are always posting on social media, and that is not an exaggeration. <laughs> Follow us on Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram and for future considerations on Facebook. Next week on the OTU, we plan to recap the NHL draft, too. So stay tuned for that. Right on. Right? As well as our debate episode, as we're up to be, we'll be up to our old shenanigans all over again. We want to thank our sponsors, London Awnings, Quality That Shows, Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. Okay, so wait. So how much of the draft do I have to watch? Like, I don't have to go up to round six or anything, do I? Round 24. (laughs) And if you make it that far, there's an issue. (laughs) If you make it that far, you might get drafted. (laughs) Oh, my God. John Rashad. Oh, my gosh. I'm a Columbus Blue Jacket. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Have a great week. And we will talk to you next week on Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.